Welcome to the Crossroads Youth Podcast. We hope this encourages and empowers you to be connected to God and one another. Thanks for joining us today and enjoy the message. Certain times and certain moments in every person's life that change the course of the rest of their lives. You may have experienced one of those moments, but more than likely you have more of those days ahead of you than behind you. Days like the day you get your driver's license. Pretty big deal. Who has their driver's license? Yeah. Anybody need a ride to church? Find those people. Gotcha. Days like when you graduate high school. Pretty big deal. Uh, Maybe you graduate college. You get a little older and you get married. You you have kids. You, you, You have these days in your life that'll change the trajectory of your life forever. For me, that day was March 23rd, 2008. That was the day that my life changed forever. Since then, I've experienced graduating high school, I've graduated college, I've gotten ordained, I've bought my first house, but none of those days impacted my life quite like March 23rd, 2008. It was Easter Sunday, it was the Sunday after the Mexico mission trip, and that was the day that I got baptized that I publicly showed that Jesus was the Lord of my life. You see, it was on that day that my purpose changed. It was on that day that that my priorities changed. It was on that day that I became a child of God. I became a part of God's church and his people. And from that day moving forward, all the other big days in my life had had been shaped by my relationship with Jesus. And today we're going to talk about baptism, right? And, and we're going to unpack a lot of, of different things with it. Whether you've been baptized before or not, I know that there are a lot of questions that, that come with this topic of baptism. What is it? Well, what, what do, do I need to be baptized? Uh, why do people get baptized? What's the right way to be baptized? Do I need to get re-baptized? Can I, can I be a Christian and not be baptized? There's so many different questions on this topic, and my goal today is to answer as many of them as possible. You see, baptism is a crucial part of every Christian's life. I mean, like Jesus even got baptized at the the beginning of his ministry. And so if baptism is important enough for Jesus, I think it's important enough for for us to know what, what we believe and what we think about it. So we've been in this series called I Love My Church for the last four weeks, and I want to take you to where the early church began in Acts chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to there. Up to this point, we've seen Jesus die, be buried, be resurrected, and then he walks the earth for 40 more days teaching about the kingdom of God. He promises that, that, that when he leaves, there's going to be a Holy Spirit, a helper that's going to come for all the believers. He tells his disciples that that they're going to be his witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, and that they're going to have a power from the Holy Spirit walking with them and living with them and and guiding them. And then he ascends to heaven, leaving his disciples behind to go and to do the work. And that gets us to Acts chapter 2. When we see the Holy Spirit come upon the disciples come upon Peter, who was preaching. This is the day of Pentecost. He's there, he's preaching this powerful message to this crowd of Jews, telling them that that the Jesus that they crucified was in fact the Messiah. 
It was the Christ. It was the one that, that they had longed for. So if you have your Bibles, if you're already open there to Acts chapter two, I just wanna read a couple of verses starting in verse 37. It says, now, when they, were, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For this promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord your God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, save yourself from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized. And they were added to that, they were added that day about 3,000 souls. On the day of Pentecost, the Jews heard the gospel. They heard this message that, that Jesus was the Messiah. He was the one that died and took their sins. And they responded with this question of what shall we do? And 3,000 people were baptized and the early church was born. It's clear that baptism is a pretty big deal. It was this public expression of, man, we realized that we were wrong and we want to be made right. It was an expression, it was a response to the gospel. And what I wanna do is I wanna dive into to one of those verses today, verse 38. This is our memory verse for this week. This was, oddly enough, I get a notification of like the verse of the day every week from the Bible app. And like, this was the verse for today, which kind of cool. So when the Jews were cut to, their, cut to the heart, realizing that they needed a savior, they said, hey, hey, what do we need to do? And this is how Peter responded, verse 38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, I wanna do something a little bit different. It might feel weird when we go through this verse, like I wanna work through it backwards, okay? Just stick with me. Let's start kind of at the goal, at, at the end, at the, 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 the end of this verse. Like, like, why should we even care about this? What happens when we get baptized? Let's start with the Holy Spirit. He says, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Did you know that like, if you are a Christian today, you have the blessing of the Holy Spirit of God living inside of you? That's pretty cool. It's kind of crazy to think about. Like the same power that raised Jesus from the grave is the one that's living inside of you. In John 16, Jesus tells his disciples that, that it is gonna be to your advantage that I go away. For if I did not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment concerning sin because they do not believe in me, concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer, concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. You see, Jesus can't be, he never could be with every believer at the same time. He was 100% God, but he was also 100% man, right? So he says, it's gonna be better for me if I go because although you guys are all gonna be in different places, the spirit of God is gonna be with each one of you at the same time. Romans 8, 26 tells us that, that it's the spirit that helps us in our weakness. And that it's the spirit that, that intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Like, like, how cool is that? 
that the, the Holy Spirit of God intercedes and prays and petitions God on our behalf. Galatians 5 tells us that, that when we have the Spirit of God in us, that there are different things that'll be produced out from that, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Like, I know that I'm not good enough to produce all of those in my life on my own. But man, when I'm walking in step with God and in step with His Spirit, those are the fruit that you'll see produced in my life. And in Acts 1, the passage right before this, when Jesus tells his disciples, hey, you're gonna receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Let me ask you this. Where do you get your power from? Like, like what is that, that thing? What is that source that you are trying to power your life with, that you're trying to win at life with? A few months back, I was out on a boat with my girlfriend. It was on her dad's boat. And we were out in the middle of Joe Pool, like, the middle, middle, like nowhere near the land. And we're out there and I go to start the engine to, to head back in and the battery's dead, like gone, like nothing we can do about it. So like any manly man, I'm like, you got a paddle? I'd hop on the front of the boat and do my best to paddle this boat. It's not like a canoe, like you can paddle a canoe or a kayak, but try paddling like a boat. And I'm paddling and I'm paddling. We're going for about an hour. And I realized that we're like kind of in the same spot. Like we haven't made it very far towards the marina. And so the next hour I spend trying to get somebody else to come and help us and flagging down people. And finally somebody comes, graciously tows us in and like I'm forever thankful for them. Now, let me ask you this. Which boat would you prefer to be on? Would you prefer to be on the boat that, that no matter how hard you try paddling with all your might, you seem to really not get anywhere? Or would you rather be on the one with power? He's got the battery fully charged. He's got gasoline to run the motor. He was able to, to get both of our boats back to the marina. When you give your life to Jesus, you receive the power of the Holy Spirit. It's power unlike anything else and power unlike anything you can do on your own. Power to stand up when everybody else is sitting down. Power to, to, to say no when everybody else is saying yes. Power to overcome sin, battles, struggles. Like because you aren't doing it on your own, you now have a power unlike anything you've experienced before. Living a life led by the Holy Spirit, that, that's the goal. Let's take a step backwards. What happens before that? It's the forgiveness of sins, right? I can't think of a more freeing feeling than knowing that my sins are forgiven. Like your sins yesterday, your sins today, even the ones you're gonna commit tomorrow have been forgiven. When we sin, we have an enemy that, that really knows how to push the buttons of like shame and guilt. But you and I don't have to live a life that's full of guilt and full of shame. You see, sin separates us from God. God is a perfect, a holy, a righteous God without sin, without evil, without darkness. And so because we sin, we, there's a separation between us and God. But God didn't settle for that. Like, like that wasn't good enough for him, for his creation to be separate from having a relationship with him. He did whatever it would take to reconcile us back to him. See, that's where the next part of the verse or the, the part before this jumps in. See, you and I are in need of a savior. 
Because we can't have the forgiveness of sin and we can't receive the Holy Spirit without Jesus. Like God sent his one and only son to this earth to die in our place. Our freedom, our forgiveness, our reconciliation to God only comes through Jesus. John 14, Jesus is one that says, I am the, tr- the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can come to the Father except through me. There is no other way for us to get to heaven. There's no other way to, to have our relationship with our heavenly Father fixed except through Jesus. And we might try to be good enough. We might might try to to live a perfect life, but the reality is, man, you and I are gonna fall short every single time. It's only through Jesus that we can receive this grace and forgiveness that that we have to have in order for our relationship with our heavenly father to be fixed. 1 John 1, 9 says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if you're in need of forgiveness today, can I, can I give you a little like tip? Ask Jesus for it. Seems pretty simple, right? Like if you are in need of forgiveness, man, ask for it. It says that he is faithful to give it. He's just. Think about those two words, faithful and just. Jesus is faithful, always there, always consistently offering us this forgiveness. This isn't a trick. This isn't like a too good to be true. No, like even though we struggle to forgive and so we have this weird like, how do we know that Jesus can really forgive us? Well, he says it, he promises it. And I believe what he says, that he's faithful and just to forgive, right? Just, just makes me think of like justice, right? Makes me think of like law and order. There is a wrongdoing, which means that that there's gotta be a punishment for it. Our sin is that wrongdoing. And the only way we can really be forgiven of our sin is by the one who has taken that punishment for us. Like it makes sense to me that Jesus is the one that offers us that forgiveness because he was the one that offered himself on the cross for us. Like that's why he went to the cross. And so that's where we get our response to Jesus. That's where we get to this part of this verse when we take one more step back to like, how does the rest of that happen? Well, you get baptized. Like, like we made it, okay, to like the whole point of this message. Baptism is the part of the salvation process that, that probably leads to like the most questions though. So like, we're gonna unpack a few, okay? We're gonna get really practical. First one, what form of baptism is right? Now, you might be sitting here thinking like, that's a weird question. I've never even thought of that. Here's the deal. There, there's this like debate between should you be sprinkled or should you be immersed? Is one, are they the same? Is like one good enough? The Greek word for baptism or baptize is the word baptizo. And what that literally translates as is, is to be immersed, to be like fully under water. You've got examples from like John the Baptist in John three, where, where he's baptizing people. And it says where there was, where the water was plentiful. If you're just sprinkling, you don't need plentiful water. You have Acts chapter eight, the story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, like super cool story, right? Philip's just kind of going down a road, meets up with this Ethiopian eunuch, shares the gospel with him. And the eunuch's like, hey, I need to get baptized. Oh, look, there's water. What's keeping me from getting baptized? And the Bible says that that they went down into the water. 
You have Romans chapter six that explains this whole like how baptism by immersion like paints this picture of Jesus's death, burial and resurrection. And so like when parents have their, their babies be sprinkled with holy water, right? I do believe, hear me, that like that is a, a, a there are the right motives in that. But I don't believe that's the same baptism that we're talking about here. You see, baptism is a choice that someone makes to, to make a public confession, a public response to giving their life to Jesus. And a baby can't do that. Like a baby doesn't make that choice for themselves, but some parents believe that, that they have this need to, to have their baby sprinkled in order for them to be saved. One of the questions that, that we got, we, we posted on Instagram this week, um, just to have your questions about baptism. And like one, one question that, that, um, that got brought up with students was this idea of like, how do I talk to my parents about this and say like, hey, I, I wanna be baptized by immersion because they were sprinkled as a child, like by their, by their parents' choice and all that. And I would tell you that that conversation doesn't have to be like, hey, mom and dad, you're wrong. Like, that's not gonna go well, okay? Just a little tip. Instead, it could be looked, like, looked at like this. Hey, I wanna thank you for committing to raising me in a godly manner and instilling a real faith in Jesus in me. And now I wanna make my own decision to go and to be baptized. Like same conversation, but with a totally different like way of doing it. It's not, hey parents, you were wrong for wanting to raise me in the Lord. Hey parents, I'm ready to make my own decision, my own declaration that Jesus is the Lord of my life. Another big question we get is, is this idea like, is baptism essential? Like, can someone be saved who, who hasn't been baptized? And I would ask you, like, at what point is somebody saved? Is it when they hear the gospel? Is it when they repent of their past and confess their sins? Is it when they respond in faith and they're baptized? Like each one of those is a crucial step in the salvation process of somebody aligning their life with Jesus, making him Lord of their life, and being baptized is sort of like the end of the beginning of a new life in Christ. It's the, the culmination of like giving your life to Jesus. You see, throughout the New Testament, we see that baptism is this public response of faith in Jesus. So let me be clear, like baptism in itself in no way like earns your salvation. Like the idea of getting dunked in water it can, can gain you access to heaven, like that's crazy. If that were the case, every person who's ever jumped into a pool would be like, hey, I'm going to heaven. I jumped into a pool. Like, I don't think it works like that. The act of baptism by immersion doesn't save you, doesn't earn you salvation, but it is the right expression of, of, of faith in Jesus. Like the question isn't so much of like, do I need to be baptized in order to accept and receive the grace and forgiveness that Jesus offers? Instead, the question should be more like, hey, how should I respond to the grace and forgiveness that Jesus offers me? In Acts 2, when Peter preached this gospel to the crowd, they felt convicted of their need of a savior and they asked the question, okay, so what shall we do? Like, how do we respond to that? You know what Peter answered them? 
repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Do I believe a person can go to heaven that has not been baptized? I do, yes. I think that there are unique situations where, where somebody can make a public like confession of, man, I need Jesus, I'm making him my Lord of my life and they're headed to get baptized and something tragic happens. Like, is that gonna hold them back from going to heaven? I don't think so. You also have like the thief on the cross in Luke 23 who, who confessed that Jesus was the Christ and Jesus himself said, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. But for us, like I would ask the question, why would you want to be saved, want to live your life for Jesus and not respond in a way that shows that Jesus is the Lord of your life? Like to me, it's just the, 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 the next step. Hey, Jesus, you're Lord of my life and I'm gonna show everybody that by being baptized. Another question we had submitted was, can I, can, can, if a person hasn't been baptized, can they still take communion? And without getting too far off track, let, let's remember like our purpose in taking communion. For Christians, we, we take communion as an act of remembering Jesus's death on the cross. If you don't believe that that's the purpose of the bread and the juice, then communion is nothing more than like a really bad Sunday morning snack. Like you don't take it because it tastes good. So if you do believe that that's, what you, that, that that's what we're doing when we take communion, that we're remembering Jesus's death, his body and his blood being shed on the cross for us, then why wouldn't you wanna be baptized? Why wouldn't you want to respond in faith to that? The last one we, we got sent is kind of the same question in a couple of different ways. So I narrowed it down to like, do I need to get rebaptized if I've drifted away from Christ and have since come back? And I would say, if you knew the decision you were making the first time when you, got, when you chose to get baptized, then I don't think you need to, to get rebaptized. You might need to recommit yourself to the Lord. You might need to, to say, hey, hey God, like I know that I've walked away, but I'm back. Like, I'm sorry, uh, but, but I'm living for you now. But I don't think you need to get rebaptized if, if you knew what you were doing the first time. The reality is there's not a single person in this room who has lived a sinless life since getting baptized. There's just not. And so this idea that, well, I need to get rebaptized to like cover the sins that I've committed since being baptized just doesn't make a ton of sense. Like that's the whole reason I'm thankful for Jesus's forgiveness because it covers my sins from before I was baptized, my sins today and my sins going forward for the rest of my life. Also like Jesus died once for all, right? You don't need to get rebaptized in order to like go deeper in your relationship with Jesus. The reality is I'm closer to Jesus today than I was 13 years ago. And hopefully I'm gonna be closer to Jesus in 13 years than I am today. That doesn't mean I need to get rebaptized 13 years from now because like I'm closer with Jesus and I need to respond again. No, I've been baptized and I've just walked with him since then. So I don't think it would be... Uh, appropriate for you to, to get baptized. I don't think you need to feel like you need to get baptized again if you knew why you were doing it in the first place. But it, 
If you were baptized and you didn't know what you were doing, maybe you felt pressure, maybe you did it because family was doing it or friends were doing it. Maybe it was something that, they, that you just were like, I don't really know why, but they tell me that like, I'm gonna be saved if I do this. And that was the whole reason you got baptized. Then I don't think it'd be wrong for you to get rebaptized. If now you know, man, I'm making this decision to, to, to publicly declare that Jesus is the Lord of my life. So let me kind of bring this to a close by, by asking you this. Where are you on your faith journey? Maybe you've been baptized and you're, you're walking with Jesus and like, it's going great. Like, that's awesome. Maybe you, uh, today you're reminded that, man, like Jesus was a big deal to me before. Uh, after camp, after uh, VBS, after, after a week of just having an impactful like Jesus moment, you got baptized because you knew that you wanted him to be the Lord of your life, but you haven't really lived like it. Maybe for you, um, you're still kind of messing up, falling short, don't really know right from wrong. Um, maybe you don't even know that like some of the stuff that you grew up around and that have just been normalized in your life is actually what like a holy God would call sin. There's one more word I want us to look at from the very beginning of this verse. And it's the word repent. To repent means to turn around. Like physically, it means that I was going this way and you're going in the opposite direction, right? Spiritually, it looks like acknowledging that you're a sinner and that you need a savior, Jesus. Like I challenge you to, to choose to walk towards him. Choose to, to go, man, I, I was walking in this direction, but I need to repent. I need to walk towards Jesus. Choose freedom. Choose forgiveness instead of sin and shame. When Peter preached to the Jews, it says that they were cut to the heart. I don't know about you, but like that sounds pretty deep. It says they were cut to the heart because they knew they needed a savior. And if that's what, if that's what you're feeling today, I would answer you the same way that, that Peter did. He says, okay, then repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins in the name of Jesus so that you would receive the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, one of my favorite things to, to be a part of and to see in ministry is when a student gets baptized because it's special. It marks that, that, that from that day forward, their life has completely changed. And I wanna just tell you, if you wanna do that today or you just wanna talk to somebody, you'll find me in the back, but you have a ton of youth coaches in the back who would absolutely love to just talk with you, answer any questions you have, pray with you, and just kind of walk this journey back towards Jesus. Thanks for joining us today. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, or even take a screenshot and share it to your social stories and make sure to tag us at Crossroads Youth. Thanks again for listening. See you soon.